Hey, what's going on, guys? Princeton Clark here, and you're tuned into another segment of Mastery 360 on the Evolve Mastery Podcast. And today I have another phenomenal guest, and his name is Marcus Black. Guys, Marcus, when I met him, I met him on Clubhouse. And you guys know I'm always inspiring people, but I have to be honest, there's very few people that I meet that actually light me on fire because I see that it factor. I see that passion. I see their heart and I see that they truly do it because they love. And when I heard Marcus speak for the first time, I'd reached out to him on Instagram and I said, you know what? I don't know what you need. You know, I see you beginning your journey and I just want to support you. I want to mentor you. If there's anything that I can do for you, you let me know because I know that passion. I know that heart and you're putting yourself out there. You're taking the risks and you are showing up 100% for your life. And guys, he's done these things. He's worked with people like Trent Shelton, Les Brown, and so many other amazing individuals. He's a published author, international inspirational speaker. He's a CEO. He's a father. He's a husband, but he's so many other great things as well. And he has a phenomenal story that he's going to share with you as he has taken his journey of self-mastery. So listen, without further ado, I could talk this guy up all day, but I'm going to let him introduce himself and introduce him his gift. So let's go ahead and dive into this next segment of Mastery 360. All right, guys, welcome to the Evolve Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Princeton Clark. And today on the Mastery 360 segment, as I said, I have a powerful guest, an influential leader, an international speaker, CEO, amazing father, husband, and just a fire starter, man. And so this is like my brother from another, you know, guys, I get fired up, you know, but when I met this brother, man, I saw something, you know, as a speaker, I think a lot of people talk, but not a lot of people speak. And when I say speak, I mean, speak from the soul. And this dude brings some fire, man. And I heard him on Clubhouse. The first time I heard him on Clubhouse and he was sharing his journey and the next level that he was trying to get to as a speaker. And I immediately fell in love with him, man, because I was like, you know what? He got that it factor. And after, again, everybody, anybody can speak, but not everybody has that it factor, that thing that, you know, when they open up their mouth, the foundation of the room begin to shake, the souls of the people begin to open up, and the power begins to flow. Guys, I want to introduce you guys to my brother, my friend, this triumphant leader, Marcus Black. Marcus, what's going on, my guy? So good to have you here today. Hey, yo, what up, family? Yo, man. <laughs> As you was talking, guys, y'all can't see us right now, but I literally sitting over here bouncing. You know, like the boxers be in the back, as they hear all of this thing, and they getting hyped up. That's what I was feeling, and that's what I feel anytime I hear the voice of this incredible human, Mr. Princeton Clark. Hey, listen, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me in the community. And just know, hey, you better strap in your seatbelts because it might, might get a little crazy today. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 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 Marcus, you know, I always tell the audience, you know, Mastery 360 is about bringing different people from different walks of life who've had to awaken to their own form of self-mastery. And now they've taken that wisdom. They've applied it to their life. And now they're impacting the world with it because they impacted their inner world first. But we understand that the journey didn't start here. It started somewhere else. And, and sometimes in the beginning, it wasn't as beautiful as it is right now, but the journey was always a blessing. It was always an honor to take. So I want you to tell the people, you know, I always ask this question, you know, who is Marcus Black? 
Oh, I love the question. I love this question. The thing I love about it, so many times when we get asked the question, we start talking about what we do. <laughs> oh, well, I'm this and I'm that. You start talking about your roles, your gender roles. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a, you start talking about this, but none of those answer the question, who are you? And you ask me, who am I? I I'm a soul that is motivated by love to take the things that I've gone through in this life, my lived experiences, package them up in a way that speaks life into death, into dark, into chaos, into all these horrible negative situations so that people awaken the inner master, as you would say, but awaken to the possibilities of the, that their life affords them just by shifting the perspective and the paradigm just a little. So, so I'm just a human being, man. I'm just a guy. I'm from a kid from the mud in Mississippi who loves people, been through a lot. Doesn't even, I could write seven books. I probably should do that just on the experiences and the traumas that I've gone through, but I don't even, I'll spare you some of those because I know that you've been through traumas as well. You are, you are go. Some of you are going through traumas right now. And you come here and you listen to Princeton and the incredible rock star people that he brings here because, you know, there's something that they have to offer that is going to give you a lifeline to take you where you want to go. And so this is why I show up. And I want you to know that it gets greater later. I learned that in my life. And then you take those things you've been through and you make it matter because it can just be for nothing or you can do something with it through serving the greater good. And you make that matter. That's right, my guy. Man, <laughs> guys, you can't see me right now, but I'm 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 cheesing like a chess cat, as my dad would say. You know, <laughs> guys, you know, you you heard me talk in, in the last podcast when I was interviewing Walt McKinley. We were talking about the em Embrace Your Ambition event that's coming up in Denver, Colorado. And we get to be on the stage with this amazing brother who is one of the co-founders of this, this amazing event. No, 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 this amazing movement that's beginning to take place. And, you know, when we talk about embracing your ambition, you know, again, the journey didn't start here, but Marcus, what led you to this place? You know, where did, where did your story begin and what doors opened for you within yourself that challenged you to embrace your own ambition to leave this legacy in the world? Woo, snap. Boy, that's a loaded question. If I ever heard one, <laughs> we can watch us unpack or watch us work. Listen, I told you I was born in Mississippi. If you don't know much about that, it's the poorest state in the United States of America. So I grew up no stranger to poverty. My parents did the best they could. They fought, but there were things. Odds were stacked against them in many ways. My dad, biracial. Um, my mom, African-American. My dad's skin is very fair. <laughs> And so there was struggles and difficulties that came along with that. There was hatred. There was discrimination. There was all these things. And my dad was struggling to cope with his reality to cause him to turn to all types of things to fill a void. But they, he turned to destructive habits, turned to alcohol, gambling, different addictions. And you guys know as well as I, when you start trying to fill the void in your soul with anything other than love, you self-destruct and you cause all those around you to go through that as well. So this is how I remember my childhood. It was a lot of chaos. It was a lot of trauma. It was a lot of turmoil. It was a lot of anger. There were some good moments. Nobody's life is like all bad all the time. But I do remember feeling like I was walking on eggshells, feeling like, man, how do I, how does 
life get better? What when does it get better? And I remember thinking this as an early kid, as a child. And I remember I started shifting my life, I started catering my life. I started being a safe kid. I was a firstborn. Then I turned nine. First big pillar in my life. When I turned nine, I had an experience that happened in my life that was bizarre, but it was literally breathtaking. And I mean, literally breathtaking. I had my first visit from a monster. I'm talking about a literal monster, not the kind that live under beds or hide out in closets. I'm talking about one that hunts almost more people than any other monster. There isn't. That's anxiety. At nine years old, my breath taken away by this crippling, debilitating fear of death and dying, feeling as if I got sucked into a black hole or in a vacuum, imagining myself being buried alive, breath leaving my body, hyperventilating like, yo, I'm not going to be here forever. Life isn't going to last forever. What am I going to do before finally hearing my mom's voice and I awaken and I come back? All the breath comes back into my lungs at once and I'm like, my heart's beating so fast. And I know you can feel that as I'm talking. You can feel it. I'm taking you with me. I was there. And my mom looked at me and said, baby, what's wrong? I said, mommy, am I going to die? Startling revelation, age nine. My mom always kept it real. She said, yes, baby, you are. Not for a very long time. Well, that did something to me. It affected me in a, in so drastically that I decided I didn't want to die because what I was living was a nightmare. I can't die before life gets good. I can't die before living. I can't. I have to like, I got to preserve life. So what happens when we try to preserve life? I didn't do anything. I took no risk. I didn't do any activities. I had no fun. I was a safest kid. I don't want to go ride your bike. I don't want to go to swim in the lake. I don't want to go get in the ocean. I don't want to, I don't want to ride a roller coaster. I don't want to do none of that because that's dangerous. (laughs) I lived my life this way for about the next 10 years. And I was like, nah, and at age 18, another pillar. So I'm just walking you through these pillars, how we got here. Age 18, I had a situation where I was hanging with some friends. This same time, this reoccurring nightmare has been haunting me over the years, this anxiety, this crippling anxiety. And this is when things began to shift in my life. This was one of the next major pillars in my life. This was my wake-up call. And everybody need a wake-up call. And if you ain't never had a wake-up call, I'm about to be yours today. So I was going with some friends. We had been hanging out in the city. It's four of us in a car. Long story short, we're heading home. It's peaceful. It's quiet. Music is playing. We're chilling. I'm dozing off. I'm in the passenger seat before next thing you know, it gets real cool and smooth. And then boom! (laughs) I heard the loudest explosion I ever heard. And hearing this explosion in a car that's moving at 75 miles per hour is not something you want to hear. So I open my eyes startled and I look at my friend and say, hey, man, what just happened? He doesn't know what just happened. He's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Next thing you know, the car starts shaking. It starts bouncing up and down. We start fishtailing. We fly off the highway, Dukes of Hazard style, literally nearing a bridge 30 feet deep down into a median. The car is spinning every which way. It was the fastest, slowest moment of my life. I could feel trees smacking me in the face, glass smacking me in the face, my head banging back and forth against the car door before finally, boom, we hit another big, massive tree. But this one stopped the momentum, split the car almost through, balled us up into an accordion. And I sat there as the dust was clearing car smoking, smelling gas, eyes closed, afraid to open my eyes because I was afraid of what I was going to see. 
And I opened my eyes. And I, I didn't look at myself first. I looked at my friend who was driving. So, you okay? He's okay. Look at my friend behind him. He's okay. Look at my friend behind him. He can't breathe. So now this is crazy, chaotic situation. But spoiler alert, all four people in that car walked away from that without a singular broken bone. Wow. Yeah. I'm even in this moment, it's still flabbergasting. I'm befuddled mm-hmm. that it's possible that we all walked away because the car. When they lifted that car out of that ditch, it like disintegrated. The frame fell. I mean, like we were scrunched like an accordion. There's no way we're supposed to be alive, but we're still here. I'll tell you that story because in that moment when I was in that car, all I could think was one thing. Before I opened my eyes, the only thought in my head was your worst nightmare has come to pass. You are about to die without having ever lived. Mm. How many people are listening to us right now? who have made the exact same choice I made, something traumatic happened in your life, and you have now allowed the fear of what happened to grip and crip so much, you're no longer living. You are catering your life to something outside of your control. You are letting years of your life you will never get by, that you'll never get back. And you literally, if you died today, you would die without ever living. And we cannot allow you to do that. So when you talk about this inner mastery, what happened in this situation was I realized something after that. Like when you dance with death, if you know this, you guys have heard Princeton's story, you know, I always tell people me and death did the tango. (laughs) And, And once you and death dance, it changes you in ways you cannot fathom or you cannot imagine. I cannot even begin to tell you all the ways that death that situation of near-death experience, how it shifted the way I view every single day of my life, the way I view every single moment, I realized that there's always going to be something outside of me that I cannot control. Listen, death is a fact of life. If you fear it, I don't know what to tell you. I had to tell myself this. I had to do this work to come to the revelation. I cannot control that. But what I can control is what I do with the time I do have, what I do with it. So what am I going to do? I made a promise. Like, I don't know why I'm still here. But since I'm still here, I'm going to spend the rest of my waking moments finding people to serve. I'm going to take all that pain I went through. I'm going to package it as best I can. And I'm going to show people that you're not defined by it. You know, it doesn't have to take control of you. You can do something within yourself to realize you are always great. You are always significant. You're better than what you've been through. And you can go build the life you love living. And you can help take others along the journey with you. And that's what I realized from that situation. So, yeah, here we are. Wow. Wow. I I love these stories, man, because... You know, you never know. A lot of times we think our problems are so great until you hear experiences that other people have had, the wisdom that they've gained, you know, through those experiences, especially when it's an experience where they could have lost their life, but yet they're still here. And now they found this reason for living. And and this is another reason why I fell in love with you, man, because I, I, too, like you said, experienced a moment like that in my life where I knew at that point something had to shift. 
I had to shift. My thinking had to shift. My speaking had to shift. My feelings had to shift because I understood that from that moment, every breath that I would breathe was a gift to me and I wasn't going to waste it. I wasn't going to waste it. See, everybody says, oh, tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. But how many people live like it? And when I heard you speak, man, for the first time, I knew without even knowing your story that you would experience the moment like that because a fire like that isn't born without first being burnt down and having to face the essence of you that you've never faced before. And then that new version, that Phoenix begins to rise and people wonder, where does the passion comes from? Where does the fire comes from? And it comes from the ashes of experience where we weren't living, we weren't truly living. And when we realized the value of being alive, it was in that moment that the shift began to happen. It was in that moment we began to breathe anew. It was in that moment that we began to see life for the first time ever. It was in that moment that the fear started to dissipate. It was in that moment that we began to understand that something so much greater than us was looking out for us and saying, baby boy, that pain, baby girl, that pain that you thought came to break you didn't come to break you. It came to break you free. And now every moment we breathe, we are allowed to be free. We are allowed to express ourselves in the fullest glory of the I amness of our being. And so as I listen to your journey, man, I know that there were a lot of steps you had to take from that point. Talk to us a little bit about how you began to change your life from the time that that moment happened when Marcus began to rise from the ashes. <laughs> oh, snap. Boy, I love this. And, and hearing you speak like this is just an aside to the person here that's been wondering if you should be here, who've been questioning whether you have a reason for being on the planet. Yeah, I know it's three of y'all right now. You don't got to say nothing. I already know. If you don't pick up anything else, we said life is worth living. Life is worth living because of the learning, because of what you learn, because of how you grow and because of the beauty that comes on the other side. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that's felt better in my life than rising from those very ashes of the thing that thought it was defeating or destroying me. And you can have that same experience mm-hmm. if you're willing to do the work. That's right. Not throw in the towel. See people who've experienced all these types of traumas, similar, maybe not the same, but learning from the things that we've been able to do. And so you take what you just asked me. So from that point, I made this promise. I'm going to spend, I'm going to serve, I'm going to give all of that, right? Y'all heard that. It didn't happen overnight, though. I made that promise at age 18. (laughs) It was a good 10 years of me in the wilderness, bumping my head, failing, young person, going to college, struggling as hard as humanly possible. Like, I mean, I'm struggling to get through school. I'm struggling to get through college. Like, I'm struggling to find my voice. I'm struggling to figure out what I'm supposed to do. I went to business school. I got a business job. I'm working in this suit downtown, like thinking that that's the dream, but it's not. I'm feeling empty. What is what is it? What is it for? And I'm saying this because some of y'all it's in that place, that wrestle of trying to figure it out and you don't quite know where you want to be. You don't know. You kind of got a little bit of clarity, but you feel lost. You feel stuck. You feel confused. You feel chaotic. You just feel as if you're in a place where this can't lead to anything productive. How does what I'm doing lead to what I want to do? 
And I was in that place and I was there for 10 years. And I was just remember like us struggling. My wife and I as newlyweds almost losing our home, about to become homeless because I lost a job, a temporary job because of something outside my control. It wasn't my performance. It was the economy. Another temporary job lost and went through this cycle for a couple of years. Newlywed, I had a situation where we had a newborn baby. We're two years into our marriage. My wife is looking at me with tears filled in her eyes because our six-month-old son won't have food because we don't have any money. My card's being declined at the grocery store. I'm just talking about real-life stories. I don't know what I'm going to do. Some angel of a human chased us down out of that grocery store and went back and bought all that stuff and gave it to us. But in that place, I remember feeling some of the darkest times, even this is after a dance with death. And I'm like, man, I just want to help. I just want to give. I just want to serve. I just want to love. I just want to support. I just want to breathe life. But nothing seems to be working. I'm still in this situation. (laughs) And so I've told some people about this. And I had a lady ask the question one day, and this is what I leave you. The lady said, well, you're doing some incredible things now. You shining bright. You got a lot of connections. Life is happening. You've built it. But you come from all this struggle and all this adversity. What about that middle season? Like what happened there for you to get from point A to point B? Mm -hmm. And before thinking about it, I looked at her and I said, oh, my God, the magic is in the middle. Mm. The magic is in the middle. And I thought about it in that perspective for the first time in my life where I felt like I was lost for 10 years in the wilderness. Oh, I was in the wilderness. I was struggling in the wilderness. I was trying to figure out a habitat in the wilderness. I was trying to figure out a place to like have a roof over my family's head in the wilderness. I was trying to figure out how to feed my newborn baby in the wilderness. But what also happened in the wilderness is I learned how to hunt in the wilderness. Mm. I learned how to fish and gather in the wilderness. I learned how to build in the wilderness. I learned how to put some new tools in my tool belt that I was going to need to reach people all over the world (laughs) in the wilderness season. I didn't even know that was happening. I thought I was just struggling. I didn't realize I was being developed and prepared to go on an epic mission of leadership. And so what I'm telling you is if you find yourself in the middle, and you bumping your head, you are stumbling from one failure to the next failure, to a setback, to a failure, to a setback. That literally is success. Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. It means no matter what happens around me that I can't control, I'm going to control what happens inside of me and how I respond. And I'm going to respond from a place of knowing That the future is different than where I am today and that I am being prepared for something that I can't even see yet. Something so much greater. And so I would tell you, embrace the difficulties, embrace the adversity and learn the lesson. The quicker you learn the lesson, the quicker you graduate to the next test Mm. so that you can go and level up in every area of your life. Mm. The message in the wilderness. <laughs> you know what I, I, I hear as you're sharing that? It, you know, it kind of reminds me of Jeremiah, you know, in the Bible, you know, when, when he was out in the wilderness, when he was in that place, you know, tending to the sheep, tending to his flock, you know, and a voice spoke to him in the wilderness, you know, and it's in that wilderness experience, in those times where, you know, our facade is being cracked open, our mask is being cracked open, and we come face to face with the message. And the message is saying, take that step, take that step. You were born for this. And sometimes in the wilderness, guys, some of you out there in podcast land, you know, you say, but, 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 you know, I'm just, I'm not good enough. I'm broke. I don't have enough. You know, Jeremiah said, but I'm just a boy. (laughs) I'm just a boy. 
you know, and, and God just spoke to him and said, don't you dare say you're just a boy. I have put the scrolls in your mouth. See, you couldn't gain the scrolls. You couldn't unlock the scrolls if it wasn't for the wilderness. See, because in the wilderness, you got sick and tired of being sick and tired and you started seeking solutions. In the wilderness, the frustration took you to a place of observation. In the wilderness, you took steps that evolved you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And it's unlocking you. Again, everything that comes, everything that happens doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And so as I'm listening to you, Marcus, you know, I'm just got chills all over myself right now because I know what it's like to be in that wilderness, you know, and as you're navigating, you're right. So many people are in a wilderness space right now. Look at what happened in the past few years with COVID. People lost family. They lost businesses. They lost opportunities. But I always say, look at it like a slingshot. Sometimes you're like a pebble in a slingshot and you get pulled back, pulled back, pulled back, pulled back. And the more you you get pulled back, the tighter that tension gets. All of a sudden, life starts feeling tight around you and you're like, what's going on? Hold on, baby, because the, the, the tension is getting tight because you're about to be released. The tighter that tension gets, the farther you're going to go when you finally just allow yourself to surrender to the process of the pullback. And so when I listen to you, I, I, I hear the pullback. But then I watched you catapult. You got to work with people like Trent Shelton, Les Brown, other big names in the industry like Amberly Lago. I love her so much, by the way. And, and, and you know, so many other people that, that you know, I have the, the opportunity to connect with on my journey. And I saw you settle into the slingshot. But when that thing let go, boy, <laughs> I just watched you. And so for you guys listening right now, Enjoy the process. You know, I just finished a five-day challenge, Marcus, and today we were talking about being present and being and understanding the power of right now. How you show up right now is creating the next moment and the next moment and the next moment and each moment of now, and that becomes your future. And so many times people focus too much on the past. They focus so much on the future that they can't see what's being presented to them right now. They're complaining about the problem not realizing that there's somebody in the world who would trade their problem for this person's problem at, a, at the drop of a hat. We complain about our problems. And let's be honest, in America, a lot of our problems are just first world problems. We make them big. You know, but I was telling my students this morning that, you know what, as you're looking at this moment, life is really simple. We complicate it. We complicate the process because of how we think about it how we respond to it, and how we feel about it. If you want to change, there's one of my favorite quotes is, if, if you want to change the way things seem, you got to change the way you perceive them. Change the way you see things and the things you see will change. You know, and so how did you begin to change after you had that epiphany about the wilderness and the wisdom that came? What did you change? What did you decide to change about your perspective or even how you felt about your situation? And how did that prompt you to respond differently? Snap. <laughs> I'm so excited. Y'all have no idea, man. I'm loving every minute of this. So <laughs> I remember being turning 30 years old. That's right after the wilderness, right? And feeling still not really having clarity, just knowing like I don't know what it was about that number, but something about that number did something inside of me and made me feel like my clock started like over again. Like, oh snap. You're on a clock now, but there's time on your clock, so you got to max out, right? So the thing that really shifted most in me was I decided to stop playing victim to my circumstances 
and stop allowing anything outside of me to have control over me. This is something that you mentioned, Trent Shelton. He and I talk about this a lot. People who are obsessed catch a bad rap. You get bad rap. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so obsessed with this. You're so obsessed with that. Like, don't be so obsessed, right? Obsessive behavior is like looked at as negative. He's like, but is it? It's only bad if you're obsessing over the wrong things. What happens if you become obsessed with your own inner soul peace? What happens if you become obsessed with your own personal growth and development? What happens if you become obsessed with mm-hmm. the greatness that lives inside of you and giving that gift to the world? That's something really good to be obsessed about. That's all I'm saying. And so we start having this conversation and I started thinking, what if I do have something to say? What if everything I thought I could do when I made that promise all those years ago, I can do and I can do it bigger than just a couple of people in a local church or a couple of people in my hometown? What if my voice can pierce hearts and souls all over the world? And then it led me to a quote that was by Mr. James Baldwin. And he talked about this whole concept of what it really meant to own the essence of who you are. And he said, I had to vomit up years and years of all the filth that I had been fed for over the course of my life before I was able to freely walk on the planet as though I had a right to be here. And what what that did is struck a chord in me to basically say, bro, you belong here. Mm. Where is here? Wherever I am. And that goes for you, too. There is not a human being on this planet that's more important than you. There's not a human being on the planet that's more significant than you. There's not a human being on the planet that's better than you, greater than you. None of that. And when you can really like you guys know that I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. The problem is, you know, it in your mind Mm. and rather than knowing it in your heart. So basically, you got to take what you know in your mind and allow it to be infiltrated and flow like osmosis from Mm. your mind to your heart. And you got to let that message bury and disseminate all through your body so that you don't, you no longer fear when you open your mouth, if it's not going to be enough, if it's not going to be good enough, if somebody's not going to like it, you are literally killing yourself because half the battle is how you show up in the mind with confidence to know that what you are doing is coming from a grounded, centered place of love and service so you ain't even got to worry about all the stuff you worried about. That's selfish. And that's what Trent told me. And it broke my heart at first. I was like, bro, what if I don't sound good enough? What if I mess up my words? I failed public speaking in college. I can't do this. What if? What if I don't look right? What if I fall? I had all these questions in the beginning. And he was like, basically, shut up. <laughs> we were new. We didn't even know each other well yet either. I was like, hey. He was like, stop being selfish. I was like, what you mean? Mm. I'm not. Be-. He was like, you are being selfish. Because all I hear is me, 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 my, 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 my. Bro, this ain't about you. You don't get on a stage and open your mouth for you. It ain't about what you look like. It ain't about what you sound like. It ain't about your subject and your verb agreeing. It's about what's in your heart to give life to the people who are in front of you in service. Mm. And I was like, something about that shook me to my core. And I realized it's time for you to get out of the way, bro. It's not about you. And that simple revelation led me to realize I got something to say. Like James Baldwin said, I belong here. It's not about me. Then I started to control the controllables and becoming obsessed with the right things. Like obsessed with me growing the way that I tell stories or growing, like practicing, like just telling stories around the house for fun. Like I take this craft of speaking 
and influence seriously. I don't, it's not just something I just, it's not a fly by night. Like I just decide I want a platform one day. That's not how we get to where we are. There are years of work and grind and research and study that people like Princeton and I have done that you have never seen and you won't see that fed into us being able to do what we're able to do now. So if you want to get it, you got to become obsessed with the right things. And like, well, well, I don't have a platform. I didn't either. Well, I don't have the connections. I didn't either. You don't have that in the beginning. That comes as a result of obedience to your craft. Mm -hmm. Will you be obedient to what you say you want? Will you do the things others won't do to get where you want to go? Mm. That's the question. And that's what I started doing. I started becoming obsessed with learning and growing and, and like practicing, but not practice from a like, I'm going to sit here and practice what I'm going to say. Practicing like getting in front of people and sharing my heart and trying to serve. Mm. Because the more opportunities you create to do that, the less you start to worry about what you're saying and how you're sounding because it's flowing. It's just a free flowing of the spirit through your heart to bless and uplift and edify people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that led me to this centered grounded place. And then I just started doing these three things. So I'm just kind of like packaging this, but I started becoming like super present in the moment. Mm. If you are depressed, we'll talk about this for a minute. I'm sure you won't mind. Most people, or let me not even say most, many people who are depressed literally have an issue with the thought processing in their mind to where you replay the traumas of your past on a loop. Mm -hmm. I know I can speak to this because I've been there. <laughs> if you want to stop being depressed, I'm, please don't oversimplify what I'm saying. There's, there's a reason medicine exists. Some people do need that. But a large part of us aren't even helping ourselves by cutting off and course correcting this thing we're doing in our mind of replaying our traumas on a loop. I've done that time and time again. My anxiety that crippled me for years is likewise replaying on a loop in your mind every possible thing outside your control that could go wrong. Mm. You can't do nothing about that. You got zero control over what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't got no control over that. So if I try to control that and live anywhere, yesterday or tomorrow, anywhere outside of where I am right now in this moment is a recipe for one of those two horrible mental health problems, anxiety or depression. So I started learning, okay, bro, be present right now. Focus on this moment. That's all that's promised to you. Tomorrow ain't even promised to you. Yesterday is gone. You can't do nothing about it. Focus on right now. Be grateful. Extreme gratitude. Writing this down every day. What are you grateful for? You will be surprised how much power you have over yourself to shift exactly what you feel in your whole vibe. Y'all think this is a game. Yesterday, I was down. I was sad. I was feeling some depression. I wasn't because everybody goes through it. Even mm -hmm. your leaders have days. And then today, I literally posted some content online and people was like, yo, this dude is a different human <laughs> because I'm practicing what I preach. I'm like, yo. I ain't got no control over that stuff, but I do have control over me, my mind, and what I'm going to do right now. And this day, I'm going to serve. This day, I'm going to give. This day, I'm going to pour out what I got for you. And I feel good about that. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my voice. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my family and my kids. I'm grateful for my business and my mission. I'm grateful. Are you grateful? Mm. Or are you focused on what you don't have? Are you focused on where you're deficient? Are you focused on what you wish you had? Are you focused on where you could be? Mm. Rather than how far you've already come. Wow. Wow. 
Now you guys see why I love this dude, man. You know, that that again, that fire, man. It's just I just watch you rise and evolve over and over and over again. And and I love what I love the fact that you just hit on the depressive state that we take ourselves into. I mean, suicide is on a, at an all-time high right now. People ending their lives. I hear heard uh Dr. Miles Monroe, rest his soul, you know, say he asked the question once. He said, "Where is most of the potential in the world?" And the answer he gave was in the graveyard. In the graveyard. I also heard heard a question asked. It said, you know, how would you feel? You know, well, actually, it's it was a statement, and it said, death is that death is or hell is dying and meeting the version of you that you could have been. And man, when I hear things like that, like it's it's a shock to my soul. But you know, like you, I struggled with deep depression, and 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 we all have moments of de- depressive states where you know something negative happens or something doesn't go our way, and we perpetually recycle that thought and the fear. We create fear around that thought, especially when we're going to step into something new. We want, we desire something new in our lives, you know, but it seems like the same old things continue to happen, but we rest in those thoughts and those fears for so long that a depressive state eventually becomes depression, you know, because you go lower and lower and lower, and it takes less than a millisecond for one negative thought to permeate every part of your being. And so we go lower and lower and lower. Then next thing you know, we're not taking action. We're not thinking right. Emotionally, our energy becomes bound and we get tense. We stop breathing deeply into that soul space. And next thing you know, we're laying in bed for days in the dark. We don't want to get up. We don't want to go outside. It's like, what's, and listen, the best of us experience it, man. You know, and so I'm glad, I love that vulnerability because I think not not enough speakers share this. You know, I remember even when I was working for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and everything happened with COVID, you know, and Tony never did virtual. He didn't like virtual. Everything was in person. Well, at that time, all of his events he had scheduled were getting shut down, shut down, shut down. And he was, man, he was, he was having a tough time. And so like we came in and we showed him how to go virtual. We helped him pivot. Next thing you know, he has the big virtual studio out in Florida and things take off. Now he's making more money then now than he was then. But even he had that moment where he's stressing out like, man, what's going on? You know, and this is Tony Robbins. This is the man. You know, a lot of us looked up to him, but I watched him. And I always tell people I watched him be human. I watched him become human. And I think a lot of times people who, who listen to us, they put us up on this pedestal. Like, oh, that's easy for you to say. No, sometimes it's very hard for us to say because we have more eyes on us. We have more eyes, you know, expecting us to be the strong ones. But I read this quote one that said, don't forget your strong friends. See, people get so used to us being strong that guess what? When things are challenged for us, we don't have a lot of people coming to us saying, hey, you good? You good? Is everything all right? Now, of course, we eventually build a circle of people who will do that. But during our journey, we didn't really have that because people were so used to us being strong. But this is where I say we found power and vulnerability. And so just like I said in the podcast 
you know, with, with Walt, it's important to be vulnerable. It's important to talk out, to reach out. And you may say, I don't have anybody in my circle right now who, who I can talk to. Well, we're eliminating that excuse. You can reach out to at Marcus Black Speaks on Instagram. You can go and get linked up. You can reach out to at Princeton Clark on Instagram. You can shoot us a message. You can follow our podcast. You can read our books. You can come to our events. You are not a alone. It's just the perspective that you are alone that's keeping you in that space. But listen, change the way you see things and the things you see will change. And that's all we did. And we continuously do it. Self-mastery isn't a, 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 a thing where we eventually arrive. We are consistently arriving and you are arriving. And I always say we're all, we're all running the same race. The finish line is the same for all of us, but some of us are sprinters. Some of us are distance runners. Some of us are hurdlers, but see, sometimes people put the hurdles in the wrong place. So in your lane, you might be facing a hurdle in your life. But what typically happens for most people who don't continuously stride like Marcus has is they focus, they, they run up, they get to that hurdle in life. And instead of just jumping over it or just sliding it out of the way and continuing the race, they stop and they just stare at the hurdle. They point out everything that's wrong with that hurdle. They complain that the hurdle is there. But again, we all have our own life path curriculum. We, have all, we all have our own race to run and it happens to the best of us. You know, but like Marcus said earlier, None of us are, are better than anyone else. We're all living this thing we call life. We're all spirits on a journey having different human experiences. And the human species was designed to connect. You guys have heard me say that before, but yet we're more disconnected than ever. Social media has us disconnected. We think that we're connecting, but what we really learn to do is wear a mask. People hide behind screens now, but get out, connect to your life connect to people, create human experiences that light up your life. You know, and, and, and again, these things, we're not telling you anything you don't already know, everybody. We're telling you things that you, you have the information for. And I want to hit on this and I'm going to come back with another question, Marcus, because you, this was very important when you talked about we know it in our, in our head. You know, we know it in our brain, but we haven't connected it to a heart, to our heart space. You know, and people say, well, what do you mean connected to your heart space? What, what will that change? Well, think about this. I always use this illustration. A mother is driving down the road. She has her children in the car. Boom. She has an accident. You can Google stories like this, by the way. All of a sudden, you know, she's outside of the car. Her kids are trapped in this car. And because she, she knows that if she doesn't get them out, they could potentially lose their life. This mother with all the strength in her heart, her adrenaline kicks up so high that she picks the car up off of her children. Why? Because her heart believes that she can. It doesn't matter. Her brain might tell her, wait, the car's on fire. Wait, this is not going to help you. Wait, you know, you can't do it. You know, but her heart says, I have to do it. I have to try because I believe that if I don't take a step, my baby is going to die. See, I need you to understand all of you out in podcast land that you are giving birth to something. There is a baby in you. And if you don't take the steps and get this placed in your heart, your baby will die. You will die never actualizing and giving birth to your potential you're complaining about the tightness you're complaining about the moments that take your breath away you're complaining about all these different things and what you don't realize is that when it's time to give birth the contractions start 
And what does the doctor say? The doctor says, breathe and push, breathe and push. Because once that baby starts coming, there is nothing you can do to stop it. And so we had these moments in our lives where the contraction started and we had to breathe and push. We had to protect that baby. But we also want to talk to you guys about nurturing that baby. See, Marcus, you have a gift. You know, you have a powerful voice. You are so able to connect to the spirit of people when you open your mouth because you've connected to that spirit within yourself. But your gifts, I always say your gifts are keys through doorways of purpose. But you got to sharpen those keys and your actions will sharpen those keys. You know, you've already talked about some of the actions that you took walking around your house, speaking. Anytime you had an opportunity, you were putting yourself out there. You were putting your voice out there. You were putting your energy out there and it opened up doors for you. It started to open up doors for you. And now you're a CEO. You're an author. You're an international speaker. You know, you are just this powerful, powerful commanding presence in the world. You know, but I want to talk about, you know, just how you've learned to sharpen your keys, your gifts. You know, if you could give, you know, one or two tips to people out there who are saying, you know what, I've been paralyzed by fear. I know that I have these gifts. I believe in my head, you're right, that I have these purpose, this purpose, you know, but how do I sharpen the keys of my faith? How do I sharpen the keys of my faith? What would you tell those people right now? <laughs> Yo. Peep this. Uh, a quote from one of my mentors, my spiritual father, Mr. Les Brown, says, sometimes you have to believe in someone else's belief in you until your belief kicks in. <laughs> Rewind. Sometimes you got to believe in somebody else's belief in you until your very own belief kicks in. So what I would tell you is the greatest thing you can do on your journey is to align yourself with the people who are where you want to be. Mm. How do you do that? You figure out how to get in proximity with the people that's doing what you want to do. Mm. And that is what I did. And I was relentless because people are like, man, you didn't fear rejection. I didn't. Or maybe I don't know if I did. or if, I don't know. It didn't stop me. I don't recall <laughs> thinking in my head, this might not work out. That wasn't an option. Either I was going to be successful or I was going to be successful. And if they said no, it wasn't the end of the world. That didn't put me any further back than I already was. And I'd just be on to the next. But I took some time. And when I took time, I really identified leaders in a personal development industry that I wanted to be connected to and that I wanted to work with. And I did whatever was possible to get in proximity with them. So what does that look like for me? Like Trent Shelton, people are like, how do you meet him? That's my, it, what's funny is he texts me since we've been on this call. Like I saw his name just pop up on my phone. Like, so how did we get to that point? How did I connect with this individual? He had an event. <laughs> I went to his event. I have VIP at his event. I got to meet him. I got to connect with him. He got to hear my story. He got to hear my heart. Boom. I'm in proximity. Over, but that was it. It was nothing from that. We didn't just hit it off and become BFFs. Like I continued to support. I continued to show up to things. I continued to buy his merch, support his books, comment on his posts, share his social media stuff. Like he, my name was out there. He saw my name. Okay, that dude's a supporter. So when I got to the place where I was confident enough to say, I really want to step out here and do something significant in the world. And I want your help. I want to, I basically told him I wanted to be where he is doing what he's doing. And, but the way I presented myself was like, look, man, 
I've been studying and researching for a while. I've been supporting you for a while and I've identified the leader who has the heart that I want to, the same heart space that I want to give to the world. That's you. And I need to learn how to do that. I need to see how you do it. I would love to come to your next event. I'll pay my own way. I'll pay to get there. I'll buy a ticket. I'll come move some chairs, move some tables, move some merch, whatever that means. I just want to start learning what this looks like because I eventually hope to do it for myself. I think I might be able to. And so his assistant hit me back and was like, yo, um, Trent doesn't do a lot of one-on-one coaching. Um, you're welcome to come to the event. But she was like, I don't, I'll run it by him. You know, he's very selective with his, all the stuff he preaches publicly. He lives. He's not a different person. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's very protective of his peace, his inner space. He bas- she basically was telling me he don't want to work with nobody who's just looking for clout and who's just looking for to say, I know somebody like, so you know, he'll vet you, we'll vet you and see if you really about this life. And if you do, it's going to come at a cost. Yeah. And I said, okay. So she said, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I said, okay. And I said, sign me up. If he'll, if he'll take me, I'm in. And she ran it by him. And, and she said, it didn't take her five minutes to get back to me. And he said, yes, let's do this. But talking to him later, he said, bro, you jumped off the paper mm. <laughs> because everybody else was asking me for something. You came, you were one of the only people that came posturing yourself to figure out what you can give to me. That instantly separated you. But then after I met you, it was a full year later before you asked me to do this and you supported the entire year. So I had a track record of showing up and supporting. So what I'm telling you guys is I developed in my mind what I wanted and who I wanted. But then I also didn't just do that. I did the things and I took the steps to make reality that which I want. It's the same thing with Les Brown. It's the same story. It's different specifics, but how I got in proximity. I figured out how to get in proximity. I shared the voice. I shared the gift. They saw the vision. They saw the talent. And then I just supported. I just showed up. I just, from my heart, did what I believe I'm supposed to do. So for you, I'm telling you, like, it starts with a belief. It starts with a mindset. It starts with identifying what you want and getting in proximity or in building relationship with the people who are where you want to be because the difference between where you are and where you want to be is a person. Mm. Mm. The difference between where you are and where you want to be is always a person. It ain't what you know. It's who you know that opens doors and makes opportunities happen for you. That's right. So if you want your dream to be seen by more people, don't just ask people to, hey, get me seen. Build a relationship. Serve somebody. Support. Find like minds, like hearts. Align yourself with them. And then watch the magic happen. Watch them say, I see you. I love what you stand for. And your gift will make room for you. Believe it. Man, fire. <laughs> Man, your gift will make room for you. But guess what? If you don't use the gift, it can't do anything. I said, you know, a lot of people sit back and they wait for the right moment to show up for them, not realizing, you know, a lot of people talk about the law of attraction. I'm doing my affirmations and I'm speaking all the good stuff, you know, and I say, you know, that's good, you know, but I don't really believe, you know, I was talking to uh, John Asaroff, you know, on Clubhouse one day and we were talking about the law of attraction. And he said, you know, when the book, The Secret was written, he said there was a huge part that was left out. He said, when you look at the word attraction, there's a word in there that people ignore and that's action. He said, I don't really believe in the law of attraction because the law, in order for something to be a law, it has to consistently happen. 
He said, you know, let's say you you start to visualize yourself getting that parking space and that door being open and every day. He said, you might get it a couple times. You know, you might pull up and, and that parking space is open to you. He said, but it won't happen all the time. He said, but I'll tell you what law does work consistently. He said, the law of manifestation. He said, see, the, manif- the law of manifestation signifies or, or states that however I show up, However I think, however I respond, I will create or manifest whatever that is. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so that man becomes. See, what are you thinking? What are you responding to? How are you, how are you speaking over your life? Because you are manifesting the current state of your reality. And based on what you manifest, you attract based on that reality. So a lot of you, you know, insanely create the same reality over and over again. And listen, this is not me pointing a finger saying you're wrong. You're wrong for doing this. We all have blind spots. We don't even realize we're doing it a lot of the times when we're in the midst of it. So this is not a, a, a license for you to judge yourself. This is not a license for you to be hard on yourself. This is a license for you to say, I'm going to take my life back and I'm going to start manifesting differently. I'm going to start speaking differently. I'm going to start responding differently. I'm going to start feeling differently about my life. And we understand that this is hard. We understand that this is, this is why we call these things practices, because you have to do it consistently. See, you didn't get to where you are in your life right now because uh, it just happened overnight. You got to this point because you consistently showed up or failed to show up in a specific way. And as a result, it manifested a specific reality. So what I want you guys to do as you're listening to us talk today I really want you to think about the reality that you've manifested. I want you to think about how am I thinking about this reality? How am I speaking about this reality? How am I feeling about this reality? And then I want you to become the observer in your life. And I want you to ask yourself and be really honest. Is this truly in alignment with what I want? Is this truly in alignment with what I truly want to manifest? And if it's not, ask yourself, what is the opposite thought, the opposite action, or the opposite feeling that I can create in this moment because it's my choice to? It's my choice to think a certain way, feel a certain way, and to respond a certain way. So if I use the power of choice, I can choose through my own divine free will what my life is going to look like right now. And it may not be manifested in the time that I want it, but this is what I want you guys to get used to doing. At the end of each day, when you've taken these steps, when you've applied these practices, I want you to be able to say, even though I'm not where I want to be, today I am better. Because life is not about perfection. Life is about progress. And as long as you continue to take the steps forward, you know, Marcus, you were talking earlier about you know, just the progress of falling, you know, over and over and over again. See, I personally say I never fail. Failure is what happens when you stop. And let's be honest, there has been times in my past before I gained this awareness where I failed because I stopped. I stopped. And nine times out of 10, I'm stopping because I didn't really know what to do. And it was when, like Marcus said, I started getting proximity to the right people, thinking the right thoughts, communicating the right things, responding the right way, that I started to move forward again. And let let me help you guys, because a lot of you guys are, it's not even 
failure. You're not even at that extreme yet. It's not even that you're afraid of failure. You're afraid of falling. You're afraid of being embarrassed. You're afraid of, you know, somebody laughing at you. You're afraid of what people want to think. But what you're truly afraid of is your potential, because if you truly step into it, it's going to require you to truly step into being a new version of yourself. So when you fall, I always say, even if you take a step forward and you fall flat on your face, when you stand back up, you're still a step ahead of where you would have been had you never taken that step. So embrace the suck. Embrace the falling down. Get around people. Tony always says success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. There are a plethora of books. You might say, well, I don't have the money to go to these events. Okay, that's still not an excuse because you can Google any question and find an answer or solution to any problem. You can go on YouTube and you can watch podcasts. You can watch stories. You can listen to podcasts. There are a plethora of opportunities out there for you to learn what you don't already know or for you to become more aware of your blind spots. And that's all we did, people. That's all we did. You know, and so Marcus, you've grown through all these different things, man. You've gotten to this point in your life where everything is showing up. But even I love, you know, when you guys, we were talking recently about the embrace your ambition, you know, that you're doing with Ashley Faye and, you know, just the, the challenges that popped up, but you guys still moved forward. You still took action. And here we are in this, in the next phase of this movement, continuously moving the needle you know, and I know there's people out there listening right now and they're like, you know, I have this vision and I want to start it. And they're perfectionists. They want everything to be perfect. They want everything to be just right. And it's paralyzing them. I want you to share a little bit about that process. You know, we talked about Trent Shelton and your process with him and Les Brown. Now the process of you not only being your own CEO, but now partnering with Ashley Faye with the Embrace Your Ambition movement. You know, share a little bit about what that process has been like for you as well. Man, it uh, it, it's been incredible. You know, this one you asked me about it gets really, really close to my heart. You know, um, and it's because it came into my life in a time where I had found my voice, I had found my stride, but I was using this within the walls of corporate church, mm. and that's fine. I got nothing against it, but when I was there, I just got to see a lot of things. I got exposed to a lot, and there was a lot that happened in my own heart that caused me to struggle mm -hmm. internally, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was. I came out of that season and I coming out the slingshot in the personal development space, doing all type of stuff, but something felt it was missing. Mm -hmm. It was missing a key component of who I am, yet I refused to go back to a traditional way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So it was an internal battle that nobody really could see. And so God has an incredible way of aligning people and there's these divine appointments and in a silly, uh, let me not even say silly, a simple is a better term app, <laughs> mm -hmm. simple app where you show up and you just share your voice. Uh, I met a human being, I met a human being by the name of Ashley Faye. Now, when I met her would have been in January of last year, which what year was last year? 2021. Mm -hmm. When I first met her, I didn't. You know, she was another person on Clubhouse, a bunch of people on Clubhouse. I didn't know her, but I noticed her after about two months mm -hmm. because I noticed every time she she opened her mouth, she was congruent in her messaging. And even though she wasn't hyper confident yet in her voice and what she had to say, once she spoke up, it was same. It was the same message. It was the same heart. And I, I just thought, huh, 
That's interesting because I heard so many other people flipping and switching depending on where they were. They speak a different language to every different room to, you know, get ahead playing the game. So I was like, I noticed that too. I'm like, I'm, all these people are coming at me and throwing all these opportunities and ideas and partnerships and stuff. And I was just moving hesitant. I was like, uh, none of it really feels right with my soul. Well, her, she didn't ask me to partner. She just, that just kind of happened. She asked me to speak. She didn't even ask me to speak. I'll tell y'all this story. She didn't ask me to speak. What happened was they had, she had me come on her podcast. I spoke on her podcast and blew it up. That was great. And then she had me speak to her team because one of the things I did on Clubhouse early was like, yo, if you got a team, I'll come do a free training session with your team just to blow it up because this was building my brand. And so a lot mm -hmm. of people took advantage of that. She took advantage of that, brought me in to speak to her boutiques under her. When I did it, killed it. And they were messaging her like, yo, is he going to be at your event? Is he coming? Because we would love for him to come. And she was like, I would love for him to come too, but I can't afford him. She's never told me this. This was conversation they're having. Mm -hmm. So a month later after that, I get a message from one of her girls. And one of her girls was like, I saw I hear I might meet you in Denver. And I was like, I haven't heard. <laughs> so I reached out to Ashley Faye and said, I hear I might meet you in person in Denver. And uh, she was like, man, honestly, I would love that. But, you know, I wasn't going to ask. I was nervous. You say no. And I don't I don't think I can afford you. I said, throw that out the window. Mm. I was like, what are you doing? Tell me about it. She told me about it and she told me the to heart. So all of this backstory, you guys get a backstory. I don't know if you can find that anywhere. Mm. Basically, she said all my life, I didn't have much all my life. I come from a good family, but we didn't have much. I come from a small town where the mentality is good enough is good enough. Everybody's cool with good enough and you don't want for anything else. Well, I don't have that mentality. So her husband traveled the world serving in service, special forces, army. And so she was a stay at home mom for most of that majority of that time. Well, then she built a business from a place of pain or pressure. I won't tell her story because she'd probably be on here to tell her story. Yeah, she But will. from this place of pain, she was able to build a multi six figure business. And then it was like, it was crazy to watch God work. She was able to bring her husband home. So they were able to get this beautiful home, her family. I mean, they're living life. Business is booming, but something in her heart and soul felt empty. Mm. And she felt like there's something missing. There's more. And people started ridiculing her. People started, what do you mean there's more? That, what, what more could there be? You live in the American dream. Why do you want more? That's selfish. That's greedy. And all this negative thoughts for somebody saying there's more. And she was like, guys, you don't understand. And guess what? When you guys have a vision who are listening to the sound of my voice, not everybody's going to get it. Mm -hmm. And people will make you feel bad for wanting more. But wanting more isn't bad. The caveat is it's all about what the more is for. Mm. So then you look at ambition, not from a negative standpoint of doing whatever it takes to get ahead. But what if you, maxim you maximized every bit and piece of potential that lived inside of you and every single dream that came into your mind, you put everything you have behind you to go get it and manifest that reality? What happens if you do that? Well, if you're driven by love and service, that means a whole lot more people are going to benefit from your choice to go for the more. It means you're going to make a bigger difference, a bigger impact, a bigger splash and create a legacy that outlives you.
So to the dreamer listening to the sound of my voice who says, I got a dream, but I don't know how to manifest or make it a reality. To the person who says, I have an idea, but I don't know the steps to take to bring that to fruition. To the person who says, I've attained some success, but I feel like there's another level, but all the people around me ridicule me for wanting more. We created a place for you mm. where you can have family and you can have community and you can get a kick in the rear end to go embrace your God-given ambition and go get the more because we know who's going to benefit from you choosing to do that. Mm. So when I, you hear how I sound when I talk about this. So I'm hearing her unpack this vision and this heart and what she's doing. And then I'm like, okay, sign me up for that. I want to be able to be there and support. But through that process, once I heard the whole vision and we saw like a ridiculous amount of alignment, I was calling to help just not even out of obligation, just kind of wanted to see her win. And she was like, hey, <laughs> at this point, we're on the phone every day. Like, why don't, instead of I do this by myself, we do this together. Mm-hmm. And that's been a tremendous blessing for both of us because we're gifted in areas the other aren't. There's gifts she has that I'll never have. And then vice versa. And so you put that together and our energy and the chemistry and the congruence of the heart and the like minds and where we're headed. And we've been able to create a fascinating movement to those people I just talked about. So if you want to know more about that, I just suggest you just come join us and come see us, me, Princeton, Walt, Ashley Faye, and a whole other cast of incredible characters in Denver because you can. Oh, man. Action, guys. Action. You got to take the action, you know, because... Again, you guys see what happens. You know, he saw congruency. He, he heard the message. It was in alignment with him. See, he wasn't just out here just trying to, you know, just connect with anybody because he was desperately in a state of lack in his gifting. He knew what his gift was. He found what was in alignment with him. And then he strategically started aligning himself with the right people and then took action. He took action. He just showed up. And what started off as just loving support for a vision that was greater than him became a partnership that's now become a movement that now will impact the entire world. You know, and and that's what it's all about. It's about connecting with the congruency. It's about connecting with your own soul first, connecting with your vision first, what you want for you, and then looking at the things externally and saying, what's in alignment with that? What's in alignment with that? And, and Marcus, I, I've, I've watched you do this over and over and over again. And so I'm not even surprised. Every time I see another door open up, I'm like, of course, <laughs> like I'm not even shocked. You know, and I think that's what that's the special thing about people like us is, you know, I have friends that I've had on the podcast and friends that I've connected to. And they're just like, man, I just expect you to win at this point. I expect you to win. And, and when you truly give yourself to it, you said this earlier, you know, committing to that process. Like when you really give yourself to it, people say, oh, I struggle with commitment. I always say, you don't struggle with commitment. You just commit to the wrong things. You commit to your fear. You commit to your worry. You commit to the doubt. You commit to the anger, the frustration. You commit to the false vision and the lies that you tell yourself. You're just committed to the wrong things. But, you know, this is the Evolved Mastery podcast, and we talk about mastery. And you guys have heard me say before, mastery is not about force. It's not about go, 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 go just to go and manifest something new. Mastery is about surrender. And what I need you to hear right now is that in order for us to be where we are and the guests that I've had on the show, in order for them to be where they are, at some point, 
we had to surrender our fear. We had to surrender our doubt. We had to surrender our worries. We had to surrender all the negative self-talk. We had to cast down every vain imagination. We had to surrender. And what happens when you surrender? See, because when you're committed to the wrong things, you're holding on to them so tight. You're holding on to them so tight. But then you're, you're praying, you're meditating, you're journaling, you're speaking the affirmation, and you're saying, I really want it, though. I really want it, though. But guess what? You know, closed hands don't get fed. And because your hands are so clenched on the things that you don't want, you're not surrendering so that they can be given the things that you need. And that's what we did. We surrendered palms up, hands open. And we said, I'm here. I surrender to love. I surrender to peace. I surrender to my ambition. I surrender to my purpose. I surrender to my gifts. And as a result of that surrender, our palms became full, but our palms didn't become full so that we could just hold on to it. Our palms became full because now the universe, God, source, whatever pronoun you use, said, I can trust you to let it go again. I can trust you to let it go. And this is why we talk about purpose. I always say purpose is rooted in service. Service is rooted in love. The moment you learn to love yourself is the moment you begin to serve others and love them in the same likeness. And that's where you find purpose because you can't give someone, someone you, something you haven't given yourself. You know, and so we could go on and on and on and on and on, guys. But listen, I'm going to have to have Marcus back. But listen, I, I want to meet some of you guys, man. And Marcus wants to meet some of you guys. Ashley Faye wants to meet some of you guys and all of our friends. We want to meet some of you. We want to hug you. We want to love on you. We want to share our wisdom with you face to face. And so we invite you to come out to the Embrace Your event excuse me, Embrace Your Ambition event in Denver in June, I believe the 16th through the 18th. And you, I'm going to put the link in the description. I'm going to add it down there. But if you guys want to hear more for from Marcus, you want to hear more from me, I'm going to also put his links there and I'm going to give him an opportunity to share links. For those of you who are hands-free right now and you'd like to look him up and you'd ready, you're ready to go check it out, the Embrace Your Ambition event, the link is eyambition.com forward slash Denver, eyambition.com forward slash Denver. And then also, Marcus, I'm going to give it back to you. How can the people get in touch with you? What resources do you have for them? Yo, holla at your boy. Listen, you can find me at M Black Speaks everywhere, everywhere. Like, I mean, literally <laughs> uh, on Instagram is the best place to connect with me. You can find me at M Black Speaks. Also on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook is at MD Black Speaks, but, but all of them is at M Black Speaks, all the rest of the social medias. And I would love to connect with you guys. We also got an Embrace Your Ambition page. But listen, the last thing I'll say is this. Mark Twain said the two most important days in a man's life, in a human's life, uh, are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Mm. When you ask me what self-mastery means, it's about understanding why you were born. And when you go through that process to learn that, giving every ounce of everything inside of you to living that out every single day, unapologetically full and free. If you don't know how to do that, number one, tap in with people like Princeton. It's about who you know. Tap in with people like me. It's about who you know. Tap in with the people we're going to have in Denver. I'm telling you, it ain't nothing like getting in the room where it happens. Just being able to meet these people can change your life. And then you have the ability 
to transform. I, I mentioned earlier about my faith being shaken from a place. What I didn't tell you is that by Ashley Faye's faith, the reason she means so much to me and her movement means so much to me was because she represented God to me in such a real, raw, and authentic way that it ate away all of the filth that I had been fed through religiosity, and it allowed my heart to just connect with the Spirit of God again. And that came through a relationship. Mm-hmm. Build the relationships, guys. Figure out why you're on the planet. And if you can't do that, come to us and we will help you, I promise. And then you can awaken your inner master because you can. <laughs> <laughs> you guys couldn't see that, but he just threw some at the screen. He got so hyped. <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. Listen, guys, this has been an amazing interview. You know, you guys see I connect to some amazing people because I've chosen to be an amazing person. And we want you to be just as amazing as you were created to be. We speak to your power, purpose, and potential because we know that in every last one of you, there is a master ready to awaken. Marcus, my brother, thank you for being on the podcast today. I can't wait to hug your neck, man. You know, give you that brotherly love in person because it's been too long. We've been talking about this for too long. And so I'm excited, guys. If you truly want to feel power, you want to feel love, believe me when I say you do not want to miss the Embrace Your Ambition event in June. It will revolutionize, evolutionize, and transform your life on every level. So get your ticket. You know, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to try to persuade you. I'm not trying to sell you because if I got to sell you on embracing your own ambition, hey, that's on you. And don't complain. It's I mean, it's not expensive. It's not expensive. Listen, people people talk about this. and I'm going to hit this before we go, because we're talking a lot of times you hear people share these events and every event is special, quote unquote, you know, for most people. But when I say you guys know I won't co-sign anything. If it doesn't connect at a very deep spiritual level of consciousness, you know, and and my own godhood connected to the I am of all that is like if it doesn't connect to that, I can't stand in any other truth than that. You know, and I'm, I'm moving. Marcus is moving. And what I can say is, you know, you have a few months now. A lot of people wait till the last minute. Oh, I'm going to get my ticket. I'm going to get my ticket. I really want to go. Set the intention now. Start opening your palms, letting go of the fear, let go of the worry and say, I need to be here. I need to be around these types of people. Put it out into the universe. You know, even if you got to put a hundred back here, you know, even if you got to go out like people, let go of that ego, man. Let go of the ego. Because when I wanted to like, like Marcus proximity, when I wanted to get around the right people, I sold furniture. I sold my big screen TV. I sold our bed. We got air mattresses. And this was in the beginning of my my journey. I had no excuses. You know, I, I start cutting people's grass. I would wipe people's windows down. Like I would do whatever I could do to invest in me because I realized I was my greatest investment. There were, I was the one person that was going to be with me for the rest of my life. And if I didn't invest in me, how could I complain about what didn't show up for me? Because every investment was a seed into my life. It's not a seed into the business. It's not a seed into the program. It's a seed into my life. I'm not going for them. I'm going for me. So if that's you, join us. Go check out the link. Again, all of the information, all of Marx's information will be in the description. And we just, we look forward to having you guys there. I don't have any other announcements after this podcast, but listen, go check out eyambition.com floored slash Denver. Get connected. Go check out M Black Speaks on all platforms. Get connected. And he also has a book, guys, so you can get all that information. All of his links are on his Instagram, so you don't have an excuse not to get connected. Show up, get up, and let's move because you can.
<laughs> Marcus, yes, you got any sir. closing remarks? Go ahead, my friend. No, that's it, man. I just say, listen, every single day, wake up. That inner master in Princeton is teaching about, listen, nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody can find that for you. Stop looking for us to do it. Stop looking for anybody to do it. It's on you. But the good news is all you have is all you need. And everything you ever needed was inside of you as a seed when you were born into this world, just like the giant redwood trees. Everything they needed to become what they would become was already inside of them in seed form. And it was inside of you the day you entered this earth. And it ain't going to stop now. So you owe it to yourself to maximize and go get it because you can. Let's go. <laughs> Mic drop, Mike drop. Listen, thank you guys for tuning into this segment of the Mastery 360 podcast on or the Mastery 360 segment on the Evolve Mastery podcast. I love you guys. We send massive love and massive prayers of peace and momentum for your life. I pray that your borders are expanded and new connections are forming as we speak because you were born for your greatness. Now let's go get it. Thank you guys. And I'll be talking to you guys again soon. Peace. Thank you guys for tuning into the Evolved Mastery podcast, the Mastery 360 segment. That was an amazing interview with my brother, Marcus Black. So I hope you guys check out his links, look in the description, but also I want you to go on over and grab your tickets for the Embrace Your Ambition event in Denver, June the 16th through the 18th. And right now, guys, look, I have to encourage you to be there because if you've been looking for connection, if you've look, been looking for heart-driven, love-driven leaders, you don't want to miss this event. Go on over, as I said, to EYAmbition dot com forward slash Denver. But all the links are in the comments. Also go on over to evolvedmastery.com. I'm going to be posting some new announcements. I got lots of new guests that are going to be coming on the show. And I'm just really excited to connect with you. Also, if you want a free copy of my book, Awakening Your Inner Master, The Journey of Self-Mastery, go on over to princetonclark.com and scroll down on the first page. You'll see the the form there where you fill it out and grab your copy today. Also, my new book, Warrior of Love, Speaker of Truth is also now available on Amazon and it's available on Barnes and Noble. Go grab your copy. We want to see you awakening to your inner master. We want to see you unlocking that warrior of love and that speaker of truth in you. Let's go ahead and make it happen. Because as Marcus Black would say, because you can. Love you guys and I'll be talking to you again soon. Peace.